0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the Earth has to offer. Your hosts... Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health,
1: and more
0: with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie.
1: Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie and the other host. And I got screwed up and ended up in February again, Jeannie. <laughs> That's okay. You're human. <laughs> I'm, stuck in, I'm stuck in February for some reason. Maybe time's going too fast or something. It is. Today, we're going to be talking about exempting sick and senior pets from the rabies vaccine. And if you guys have listened to this show for any length of time, you're going to know already where Jeannie and I stand on that particular issue. We're going to be speaking with... Pamela Picard, she is the founder of the, this blog is called Amy's Law, and it's about her special kitty, Amy, and also the Pet Wellness Update, and I find both sites very fascinating to hang out on and learn, and you're going to learn about grassroots advocacy today, and and just a whole lot of things that, the reason behind why we're so passionate about this, and why this is such an important topic, but before we get talking to Amy, we're just going to hear from one of our partners, and we'll be right back
0: time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets and while we're doing that you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors naturally pet talk naturally we'll be right back that's it you're madder than a junkyard dog and you're not gonna take it anymore your feathers are ruffled your dander is up and you've got a definite bone to pick
2: Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggie's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So, get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend, and the one magazine your
0: dog will thank you for. Ready to take a walk? <laughs> Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment auctions raffles food fun and things for adults and kids to see do and buy both human and pet related whisker walk 2008 a fun day for everyone for more information log on to whiskerwalk.org let's talk pets on petliferadio.com we're back but our nature walk has just begun Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie.
1: Well, as we said at the opening of the show, I'm Kim Bloomer together with Jeannie Thomason and today we're going to be speaking with Pamela Picard. She has a very insightful blog called Amy's Law and that is spelled A-I-M-E-E, Amy's Law and also the Pet Wellness Update website and uh, we're going to have... Pamela tell us all about herself. Welcome, Pamela. We're very honored to have you with us today. Well, thank you very much. I'm privileged to be here. Well, Pamela, we would like to hear your background, and I think it's important that people
3: hear that you're not necessarily working in the pet profession. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not in the pet profession, but I'm a passionate pet lover. Um, I'm a business owner. I have an e-commerce website. I help bridal and formal retailers around the country um, recover their their investment in discontinued styles. So it's a great place for bargain hunting brides, guests, bridesmaids, and uh, you know their best dress guests to buy something uh, you know a designer original at a fraction of the retail price. So that's mm-hmm. my business. But well, my passion, what's that course, website so people can hear that website. It's scarletscloset.com. You know, scarlet those don't touch those velvet dress from Charlotte <laughs> 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 you good. don't need a fairy godmother, Cinderella, go to <laughs> com. You know, there's oh, always like a sample that. on sale. So, um, you know, that's my business. And, and it's just this, you know, I've, I've always been a, an animal lover. And I, you know, over the last whew, 20 years, 30 years, I've had cats. And recently, you know, in the last 10 years, I got a dog. And I, you know, like everybody else, you know, I always did the right thing with my animals, even when sometimes I couldn't afford my own health care. I that's took them admire. to the vet. You know, and I gave them their shots annually, and you know, and and fed what the vet recommended, and did all of what I considered to be the right stuff. And mm-hmm. it really wasn't until Amy, Amy's demise, that I learned uh, differently. Clearly. So I it, it, decided to, at that point, um, get active in seeing changing the law. you. Well, you know for what's you. important about that, um, Pamela? Is
1: every one of us. And I think, you know, we're sitting here having this conversation because of my own dog. Okay, you know, he's the reason why I got out of my comfort zone to do other things. And, you know, Jeannie's sitting here because of her dogs. So it's always an animal that motivates us. Uh, It just depends on how motivated you are to get outside and, and help others not have to go through the same heartache that you have. So what I think is important is that people hear this story about little Amy, who is pictured here on the front of our site. You're gonna
3: make me cry. Um, <laughs> I, I had. I, I'll try. I'll try to keep it brief. I, I, I had a. I've had a calico cat on my lap for 40, 50, 40 years. Uh, I had a calico cat previously who was twenty. Um, you know, I did all the same thing with her in terms of taking to, her to the vet and giving her her shots every year and feeding her what I fed her and et cetera. She lived to be twenty years old. Amy was a different animal, and so you know, even right from the beginning, she had more health issues. Which, at the time, I could not recognize as symptoms of of vaccinosis or vaccine related okay. issues um, When Amy was about, who I don't know, it was in 2005. She started get she. We we took her to the vet for the last time in 2005 to have her shots updated. We moved to a community that was more outdoors, and I was concerned about rabies, so I took her and I got her shots updated. And within six months, she began to lose weight dramatically, and she had showed signs of a chronic um, degenerative disease. At the time, we chose, and we were in a position, we really weren't in a position to put her through a lot of tests. We weren't in a financial position to do so. She was the kind of cat who hated going to the vet so bad. I really didn't feel that it was fair to her, for her quality of life, to save her for our benefit. And I know people disagree with that, and I totally respect their choice. But we just felt like it wasn't natural for an animal to have diabetes shots or 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 infusions, you know, uh, uh, um, you know what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to uh, rehydrate her with shots every day. So we chose to hospice her. And we did, uh, you know, we, we did homeopathy for a year and we hospiced her and, you know, and we pretty much had to watch her decline. And, and she had, you know, for that year she had a really happy cat life. Um, I didn't have a very happy life because <laughs> yeah. it was really a roller coaster. And, I, you know, I mean, there's no right way to do these things. You just do what you do and you, you get what you get. But, right. you know, it was, it, she got to do all the things that were important to cats. She got to chase mice in the yard and she got to lay in the sun and she got to sit on my lap and Mm. you know everything that was valuable in terms of cat quality of life Amy enjoyed. I knew that the end was coming with her, and it, and so I had begun to look for ways that I knew that at the next time she had a real downfall, we probably would euthanize her, because it was becoming obvious that she was really deteriorating, and the time would be soon. I had a list of veterinarians that I wanted to call. I didn't get around to it, so it just happened that on January 17th, in the middle of an ice storm, unprecedented in Texas history, my cat took deathly ill. Hmm. So, you know, in an ice storm, nobody could get out. She was up all night. She was she was disoriented. She, you know, it's just terrible. You know, the, all the signs that, that it was time for her to go. She really right. couldn't stand. She was profusely vomiting. It smelled terrible. It, it just was time. But we had no place to take her, and we had nobody who could get here. So after... 15 hours of frantic phone calling here, there, and everywhere. I found a vet here in, in the neighborhood, and we could get there, and she was, just happened to be in for the day for, to check on her animals. She agreed to see us. You know, it was the first time in Amy's entire life that she did not yowl all the way to the vet, so I knew that it, she was ill. And I took her in there, and I asked, you know, we went through the euthanasia, and I was not permitted to be with her. You know, it's hard enough to decide to take your animal's life. Mm -hmm. It's another to to have to send her off alone, and I was devastated. I, at the moment, it was the only choice I had. I was within a rock and a hard place. I could take her home and watch her suffer. I could let her go, and it would be over in a few minutes and My choice was to let the vet take her and I mean she was certainly a sympathetic and compassionate vet, but there was no way she was going to let me in there and Her reason was that Amy was not up to date on her shots. Oh, excuse me not loud. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that not loud. was that, so that 's really so you know i i i I made my choice. I made all my choices. I'm totally accountable. You know, I could have said no. I'll take her home. You know, I, I made my choice. It's not really the vet's fault. But the law did not support me. And so I, when I got I done still with I not understand
1: what you not being in there with Amy has to do with her having her shot. Exactly.
3: Well, Good because thing. the law states that if you have an... If, if, for example, and this was her rationale, if, for example, you you, you know, the, the animal were to bite her during the procedure, she didn't know us, she didn't know Amy, obviously, we'd never met her before, you know, and if this was an emergency. But, if you know, if the Amy were were bit her she would be required to stop the procedure and quarantine the animal for 10 days, which, oh was it, which was extreme. She didn't have to do that. You know she didn't have to do that. But her excuse was, that was her excuse. So I just, you know, when I got home, you know, I, I... I I lived with my choices, and I Mm -hmm. grieved my animal, and I started doing my homework. And I wrote Dr. Bob Rogers in Houston, Texas, uh, because he's been very prominent. With critter advocacy. Critter critter advocacy, Right. right. And I asked him, and he said, you know, BS, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in so many words, BS. You know, there's, there's been no cat that, uh, that had one rabies shot that has ever developed rabies. So, you're, you know, he said the, the vet was just okay. using that. This and is, that astounds me because Jeannie and I both work. Jeannie is a former
1: vet tech. I have worked in veterinary medicine as a vet assistant for many years. We never did this
3: to people. I don't no. know where things changed or where they got so out of control. <sighs> but uh, To be fair... You know, she didn't have a vet tech with her. And she didn't really want to provide that service. Yeah. But, and that, you know, and, and, but this was her excuse. So... You know, I got down the road, you know, six, I don't know, six months later, and I, I, you know, I was researching something, you know, I'd spoken with Dr. Bob about this, and I said, you know, if ever I can do anything to help you, let me know, because in, in a past life, I was a publicist, and I was an, act- <laughs> I was an activist and an advocate in Chicago for, uh, on behalf of homeless people, so, you know, I, I, I kind of know how to do this, mm-hmm. and uh, which is why I've taken a more prominent profile, maybe, than, than a lot of people, but we can talk about that, how everybody can get involved later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In any Good. case, down the road I was researching something and I encountered in New Jersey a, a rabies medical exemption form. And I thought, well, this is a no brainer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um and so I wrote Dr. Bob and he said, Oh, you know, perfect timing. You know, we're going in to see the, you know, the Texas State Department of Health Services. They're, you know, they're revisiting the annual rabies, you know, the, the laws regarding the, the rabies prevention and control. Yeah, right, it's triannual in Texas. However, And it can be annual in your city, in your village, town, city, or county, even though the state says it's triannual. So everybody has to know their local law, period. You have to know the local law. The local law always will supersede the state. The state set a guideline to placate people who advocated for fewer vaccinations, including all of the major vet schools and all of the major animal hospital and veterinary associations. Um, So the states have set guidelines but they don't mandate. So what you know, whatever's in your local community rules. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's kinda how that's kinda how I got started. I mean I got started yeah, with Dr. You know Bob, what? and we and we started a petition. Pamela, you could have
1: not even though you'd had this background in, you know, working with the homeless people and so forth, you could have not done this. But probably because you loved your kitty and because you felt in your probably deepest reaches of your soul that it was wrong what happened. Um, that you decided to do something else to help other pet owners not have to you know, oh, experience what you did. Absolutely. Also, I have to step back and say about your hospice care, Jeannie and I very much endorsed that and, and, and endorsed that way of, of going. I mean, we've had a show recently about that with Dr. Uh, Ella Bittell, who does Spirits in Transition you know, for hospice. So what you did there was... Something we actually would be in support of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because well, we're naturopaths, so we approach everything that way. So, and we've been, and I've been in your shoes and sitting and looking because of working in traditional medicine, looking at things from the exact same perspective that you did. I thought I was doing everything right, right, and there's nothing wrong with thinking that. But what you're doing is helping to helping people to unlearn absolutely right. you're
3: educating you're absolutely educating. that's my that's the whole purpose of amy's blog and the whole purpose of the pet wellness update you know education will be the answer all the mm-hmm. way across the board i mean when we went in to do the petition when we presented the petition to the, the petition to the state uh, department of health services the the people who man the board were so woefully ignorant of current vaccinology Knowledge mm-hmm. and they were so woefully ignorant of um, you know the, the the potential of rabies exposure, and they were so committed to the status quo that there was not a Chinaman's there was not a chance in hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <a> <laughs> you were <exactly>. writing, <laughs> I didn't mean it. I take it back. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't. A, there just wasn't a chance. I mean, we. But and that was because the the state public health veterinarian did not inform them. He did not he did not educate them and he himself was not educated by the you know the body that he goes to which is the national association of state public health veterinarians mm-hmm. they write the bible and and they are not educated by the veterinarians that are in their association and this doesn't and sound like they any, answer to. any sense Mm-mm. There's no. no. <laughs> but that's the way but that's what you're up against. So, right. you know, education, education, education at every level, it, it, we, you know, that's really Well, the and only the
1: legislators way. have to depend upon us to educate them, although when certain factions who it's in their best interest to see that these things are mandatory or annual, uh, are the ones who are lobbying.
3: Right. Then then that's who they're going to listen to. Right. Right. Well, and it's, and, and it's people they know. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's, it's really people they know. I mean, when, when you know, and, and, and I think that's what it gets down to. I mean, we knew, I knew after I left that meeting that if I had known the right 500 people, I had, I, we, we started the petition way late, and, um, you know, it, but I just did what I did, and we got what we got, and it's still going. Everybody can sign it. It's nationwide. Uh, you know, it, we, we, we will not quit. But at the we time, probably up- only... Excuse me. We'll have the link up with this show when it's on our main feed at Naturally. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. It. Mm-hmm. But okay. at, at the time, I knew that that you know I had 800 signatures, but they weren't the right 800 signatures to influence those people. Mm. And and so you have to you know you really have to understand how people get information and have to work with that in order to be you know to be effective. And so you know if, it, it's just like if you use a product, you know it, it, you go to the grocery store and you discover a product that really helps you clean something, you know really well, and it's done a better job than anything else you've ever used. And you're going to talk to your family and you're going to tell your neighbors, and 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 your voice on that issue and on that particular thing has weight. So they're going to mm-hmm. try it and. And then they're going to tell their friends. So, so my thinking is that you know, when we start from the individual, when we start with ourselves and we say, I need to learn what I need to learn, and then I'm going to tell everybody I know. And I'll be a pain in the ass to them because I'm going you know, to nag them about this and I'm going you know, to continue to inform them about this and then they're going to learn and they're going to share it with their friends and their friends are going to tell their you know, city councilman and then the mayor and then, and then it goes from the grassroots up. Expon- and it's extremely powerful. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, let's talk about why, first of all,
1: we talked about Amy dying, but you say you believe it was because of
3: the rabies vaccine? I think that well, first of all, I think Amy's, Amy constitutionally was one of those animals who was going to react, and that's kind of the that's the lottery, that's the you know that's the 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 roulette that you play when you take an animal in for any vaccine. Some animals are going to be able to weather it, like Sissy, my twenty-year-old cat, didn't bother her. Well, know? it
1: depends, you know, genetically down the road, right? If, you know, right. Are continuing to have kittens, it would eventually affect them down the road, and that's. Amy was constitutionally weaker simply because her previous generations had, had fallen. More vaccinations.
3: Afraid. Well, I wouldn't yeah. say that. She was, a, she was from a, a barn cat. So, I, I ah. don't, you know, genetically That's, that may be all. That,
1: that, that might even make more sense because they haven't had,
3: barn cats aren't typically vaccinated. Right. And right. So, so, she had reaction. to know what yeah. to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, looking back now, I can see that she, and she was out of a litter of four, she was the only one out of the litter of four that had problems so you know some cats can weather it some cats can't some you know it's just it's it's the luck of the draw you can't know and so with Amy she had a lot of stuff all along the way that was more so when we took her in in 2005 you know um, she she had chlamydia in one of her eyes and she had you know she had a little digestive problem she was gross she was grossly overweight but she was cute I didn't care you know the vet <laughs> put her on a diet well you know that particular a time I decided that I wanted to prolong her life, so I, I changed her food and I put her on a I put her on a, a, a low fat kibble. And the two changes that precipitated her demise were the rabies vaccine update and changing the kibble. Could have yeah. been either, really. I would have
1: top and foremost. You know, kibble, yeah. and kibble. You know, and yeah. But, gi-
3: but given you know, but given her history. You know, having I think that she reacted to the ra- to the vaccines we gave her really early on because she always had little skin issues. Mm-hmm. She always, you know, she just had more problems. And right. you know, if you know what to look for, then you can do something about it. And at that time, of course, you know who knew, and there was no internet, and the vets weren't going to tell you because honestly, I don't think they knew. Right. You know, I mean, I, I have a hard time, you know, with my feelings now in regard to conventional veterinary medicine, but I know that the vets that I've gone to, you know, they've been wonderful people, so it's hard to get mad at them. Yeah. I just think they didn't know, so education is the key there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, but they have to be willing to want to hear what you have
1: to share, and there are many that are beginning to, um, some that are still kind of stuck in the fear, what we call a fear-based. Uh, Dr. Stephen Blake says it's a fear based because you're used to doing things by a certain routine, and what they were taught in school, they think it's gospel.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing
1: about any kind of medicine is that, you know, over, I don't know how many years ago, but we were bloodletting thinking that was normal. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. fell by the wayside. So it's always science is always updating itself, and it and a lot of it's going right back to what we knew thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just a it's an it's an evolutionary process, and uh, in the meantime, animals and humans get sick and die, and uh, then other people step forward and help others learn, and that's what you're doing. That's what we're doing, and and I it's sad, but it's 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 the cycle of life too, mm-hmm. and it's just that you could have. Decided you weren't going to do anything and just uh, you know taking care of it yourself with your next pet.
3: Well, I could have, and I think that's also how I mean. And I I wouldn't put anybody down for doing that. So exactly. I, I don't I don't mean to be. Everybody makes choices, and there are no wrong choices. There are just choices and consequences. I think that the whole idea of, of vaccinating animals to protect them from common deadly diseases began as a good thing. And what mm-hmm. we're living with now is the law of unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, those you can't control. But what you need to be able to do is put curbs and curbs on them, you know. You need yeah. to be able to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need to revisit this and start over again. Um, certainly, you know, every time somebody loses a pet, and gets another pet, I mean, we're, we, we're entitled to do that. Yeah. But when we lose a pet because of what we believe is the veterinarian's ignorance or an unwillingness to change, and there are many who say, I'll, I'll vaccinate any as many times as I wish.
1: That's you know? right. They
3: will. They do. That yep. You yeah. know, I, I, you can't stop me. There's no, there's no label restriction that tells me how often I must. I'll do that. You know, it's for my business. You know, they have all mm-hmm. their rationales. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you so then,
1: then we're talking that it's not about the health of the animal. It's about business. And, and again, I don't begrudge anybody making a living, uh, you know, in, in the animal world. I mean, I do. Okay, but such as it is. <laughs> it's not <laughs> on mm-hmm. the level of a veterinarian, that's for sure. But the point is that my feeling is if we're in the business of health, we should be in the business of health for those animals. And uh, I, I know many, I mean, the ones Jeannie and I work with care
3: very much. And their businesses are thriving. Yeah. So there's something to be said for that. Well, I think you'll find that, and I think that's really the, you know, that's where you, you need to go. And I think at the time that you decide, you know, you decide whether you're going to get, you know, I think what happens is you have to evaluate what you've, you know, what has occurred. You know, I, I actually loved the vet who gave Amy her last rabies shot. She was, she I have a dog, and when I take my dog to see her, she kisses my dog. How can you not love her? <laughs> but But she's not... Evolved, evolution being a good word she 's not really evolved her knowledge in regard okay. to you know vaccin, vaccinology. a lot of veterinarians don 't buy it no, a lot my of veterinarians tr- my traditional vet is the same way and he
1: 's really good with the animals and He kisses my dog too, but (laughs) I don't let him be in charge of my dog's health care. He's actually in charge of diagnostics only. Right,
3: right, right. I think that's right. And and so (laughs) when we took it here, and here's how I kind of dealt with that. I mean, you know, we subsequently, I found another vet that would work with us, uh, you know, in regard to our our strong feelings about Mm -hmm. vaccinations and um, And also, who offered some different kinds of services he 's a little more expensive, but he's you know he 's more uh, um, amenable to where we stand mm-hmm. when we we had an emergency with Matisse, we thought he got bitten by a snake on a walk one day we rushed him to the nearest vet i wasn 't going to be picky at that point again an emergency you go where you go. And we went back to see this, you know, this vet here in our in our neighborhood, and 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 I and I just kind of bulldozed in. I didn't have an appointment. I, she happened to be walking out the door. I said, "Cindy, we need to come in." We, you know, we barged in. She before she even looked at my dog, she pulled his chart. You know, he's due for his shots. Oh, mm. good grief. you know. And I at the mo- at that time, I was real cool and polite. You know, I'm basically a nice person. I was real cool and I was real polite. And I explained to her, no, we weren't going to do that and why. And she said, well, you know, you won't be able to leave him here. And I said, that's fine. We'll take him down to Crystal Mountain to Dr. Vandermaus. She changed her tune completely. So so that's the other thing that can be happening. I mean, we we, we all kind of feel hostage to our awe and, and respect for doctors in some sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we want to believe them. I mean, they hold the, the, the key to life and death in many situations. <laughs> But they're also business people, right? And so, you know, sometimes when they know you have someplace else to go, they're going to change their tune a little bit. It, it, it means that it means that that as a pet owner, you have to do some hard work, and that means you have to interview people. You know, you have to go in and, 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 and ask them what they believe and tell them your philosophy, and you have to, you have to vet them in advance. And, and you may, they, they may disagree. I mean, Dr. Bob Rogers Critter Advocacy did a study, uh, you know, subsequently to, to the, you know, the, the release of the 2003 guidelines for uh, uh, vacc- changing the vaccination protocol. Um, only one out of seven vets I'm sorry, one out of 17 vets had changed their vaccination protocol. So that oh means you're going to get goodness. a lot of no's. Wow. Yeah, it's really not very much. It means you're going to get a lot of rejection. I it think means it's important,
1: too, Amy, that people, I mean, Amy, here, I'm going to call you Amy now. Pamela, I think <laughs> it's important that people uh, know that, that the rabies vaccine, whether it's a one-year or a three-year, it's the same
3: exact vaccine. Yes. Yeah. It just depends on what your state decided they wanted. Right. Um, There's no booster shot, there's no three year vaccine. The only difference and and the and and your and your Ten pound cat, in my case, seventeen pound cat at her at her fighting weight, and, and your seventy pound dog are going to get exactly the same dose. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. so scary, you know. So, and that that is really scary. Um, the only difference between the one year vaccine and the three year vaccine is the three year vaccine has been uh, the duration of immunity has been tested by agent, agencies recognized by the USDA. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean it hasn't been. The duration of immunity hasn't been tested, Doctor. yeah, I think everybody, you know, who's who's hip on this issue knows that uh, Doctor Schultz uh, in Wisconsin and Doctor Dodds, are you know, uh, there have been serology and and other kinds of tests. Of, uh, Doctor Dodds and Doctor Schultz are are working with Chris Christine now on the rabies the challenge rabies fund. Challenge. So mm-hmm. that, so the, but but the powers that be within the USDA and and and. The people who are keeping this issue in place don't recognize the research that's been done. Why is you that? You know, doc, uh, uh, the French researcher in 1992, mm-hmm. Dr. Michel Aubert, French um, right. he French found John, that, John, right. that if, if an animal has had even two rabies vaccines, he has a less than one in eight million chance of, being, of contracting the disease if he is exposed. Yeah, they mm-hmm. won't recognize it because it's a French study, not an American. Because it's study. French, right? <laughs> yeah, now that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? That is the craziest thing. Uh, so I mean, it's frustrating because you know, you know, the knowledge has been out there for a long time, but getting people to hear it and getting people to buy it—it's politics
1: and power and money. You know that. You know that. Pimple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, that that whole thing. And what I'd like to do when we come back, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, what I'd like to do is really get into this sick and elderly, why should they be exempted and let's um, talk about some of the cases that have come to you sharing this and how people can get active in their own communities because really we all just can be part of this solution rather than sitting and complaining about our veterinarians (laughs) that's the important thing so when we come back we will um, talk further about that
0: time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets and while we're doing that you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors naturally pet talk naturally we'll be right back In session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with Pet Expert and Author Sarah Wilson. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Greetings, human. What planet? Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr.
1: Jeannie. I'm Kim Bloomer, together here with Jeannie Thomason, and today we are speaking with Pamela Picard. She is uh, the founder of the web Uh, of her website, pet-wellness-update.com, and also Amy's Law, which is, you can find the blog at amys-law.blogspot.com, and Amy is spelled A-I-M-E-E-S for Amy's, and we are talking about exempting our senior and sick pets from the rabies vaccine, and that's what we're going to get into now because, um, boy, is that an issue that should be recognized in every veterinary office. And, again, I think it just pays for uh, pet owners to be informed. Don't you think so, Pamela? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the only solution. And that means that we want people to understand that if your pet is sick, it states very clearly on the vaccine from the manufacturer, no less, that the animal should not be vaccinated, and yet you'll often go into the vet and your pet is sick, and they'll say, wow, well, you're up to date on your shots? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, and,
3: and I think uh, if I can... In- Interrupt you um, on that. I think it's it's more than just being ill. It, I mean, basically, the reason for the for the um, prescription on the on the manufacturer's label is that when an animal's health is compromised in any way, and um, even with just a slight fever, the 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 vaccine may not take. Or it can cause adverse reactions, right? But you know, mostly it's an, it's an efficacy thing and it's a safety thing. And so, any prudent vet, if an animal is pregnant, will not vaccinate her. Um, if an animal is undergoing a spay or neuter, they will not, you know, will not vaccinate her. By the way, that, that is typical
1: to have when you take your pet in for spay and neuter. And I know this just from my own experience to go ahead and give the,
3: the vaccinations right then. Mm-hmm. Right, and they do. You know, many vets do recommend that, but the but but. But the manufacturer recommends against no. that, and a prudent right. vet would not do that. Exactly. Right. It would not, and should not. Um, right, yeah. Your animals
1: already, the anesthesia itself is going to compromise. Uh, it can, I mean, that in itself is, is, a, is a scary situation, just, this, just the anesthesia alone. So to further compromise that animal's immune system by adding vaccines to it, it's just not really. It's not very bright. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, Pamela. But, you know, again, I was talking with somebody just this morning about um, her, long story short, her animals are, uh, got, uh, someone let them out of the yard. They're at the city pound. One, she has been able to retrieve because it's spayed. Her male is not. However, this is an old dog, and he's not well, and they want to do two things before they'll release him. Back mm-hmm. him, and neuter him. Are they going to kill him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: You know? it's, it's, that's really the possibility, and it's, it's again, it's Russian roulette. I mean, I, I don't want to be in the position where I sound like I'm, you know, they're all wrong and I'm all right. Um, everybody has reasons for what they do. They have a strong rationale. They come from their experience, and you know, in, in those people's experience, it's well, not really a big deal. But you can't know. You just can't know, right. you know. If you could put a number to it, like vast cats, uh, you know, cats that that contract. And now we've discovered that um, there's vast dogs, vaccine-associated sarcomas. These are these are cancers that develop at injection sites, usually in the scruff. Um, you know, we've known since the, the the late well, 1989 that one out of every ten. Cats will develop a vaccine-associated sarcoma when they're vaccinated in the scrub, and yet you know nobody's changed their procedures. You know, so the the, the numbers of cats that get vaccine-associated sarcoma have not gone down; they've gone up. And now you know the same thing occurs with dogs. The only change in the law, and, and the manufacturers, and, and it's really the law, is that that in many states, not necessarily in every state, the laws are very, very messed up. They are very localized. Um, but you can you can vaccinate an animal in the leg or the tail. Obviously, it'd be more. You know easier to, easier to, to, to lop easier off a, a body part mm-hmm. so you know, but nobody 's changing the, the the vaccine I mean you know the reality is that these animals, once they 've been vaccinated the first time don 't need another rabies vaccine, vaccine for their lifetime mm-hmm. and especially animals uh, you know who are older and that 's what we were we were talking with when, you know when an animal has been uh, you 've got a pet a, a senior pet that 's uh, like my cat who is fourteen years old and she 's received numerous rabies vaccines she didn 't need another one. She she was protected after the first one, but she certainly didn't need one at ten or eleven or twelve when you know her her system had, was showing compromised health. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she was she developed chronic renal failure. So you know, why would you shoot? Why would you give her another vaccination? Exactly. It's just it,
1: un, it, un, it's just ludicrous,
3: really. Right. It's it ludicrous. is ludicrous,
1: and um, we hope that by what you're sharing, that people will see that. It is really, and, and we've had veterinarians come on record and say pet owners are the ones who need to step up and let the legislators know because the governing bodies for veterinary medicine and so forth aren't going to change. It's very lucrative. This is their bread and butter, by the way. Vaccines are bread and butter. And um, so so it's going to take pet owners standing up in their own communities, in their own cities, in their own states and saying, and they have to have facts, of course, which you have plenty of, <laughs> Um, on your sites, if, if people, and also the Rabies Challenge Fund, if people will step in their own communities and be part of the grassroots
3: movement to overturn these mandatory laws. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of following that vein, um, you know, if people want to do something, I, you know, Chris Christine, who is heading up the Rabies Challenge Fund, has... Mm-hmm. A plethora. I mean, she's got she's got more information than you you can shake a stick at, and mm-hmm. she makes it available to everybody. So I'll be posting some of that in Amy's blog, and I'll be posting it. We also have a, a, a Yahoo group called Amy's Law. Uh, you know, I'll be posting it in the group so that people can access it. Um, I've had requests from people who've signed the petition to help them start a petition in their own neighborhoods, and I you know people can always come to Amy's. Uh, website Pet Wellness Update or Amy's Law and and we'll help them. I mean, we'll help them start a petition in their own area um, so that they can get other people involved. You may not succeed as we did not succeed in changing anything in Texas, but we knew that we didn't really have a strong chance the first time. We knew that we were going to have to develop this and build this over a period of time. But if everybody's doing it, if you're doing it in North Carolina and you're doing it in Texas and you're doing it in Kansas and you're doing it in Maine and, and you're following the lead of states like Wisconsin and New Jersey that have been successful in getting and granting a rabies medical exemption, pretty soon you're going to have a critical mass of voices saying, we want this and there's no reason why not. Mm-hmm. And I that's think that that's... Important. I, 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 you know, everybody can, can, can play a part. It doesn't have to be the same part that you play or the same part that I play. It doesn't have to look the same way. I mean, you know, the, the people that that set up the VAS awareness, VAS vaccine-associated sarcoma, you know, they were handing out leaflets at at, uh, at, at, at cat fancier shows. And, and so there's all kinds of ways that you can, you can disseminate this information, you know, even if it's just you tell your neighbor over a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I do that. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all do
1: that. <laughs> I have the opportunity today to tell two people things that I, you know, and they were just like astounded about, you know, and again, whenever the opportunity to talk about vaccines opens up, I, I always wait for an opening to share that. And so it's it's real important that we also go out into our communities, and I don't think that I'm going to go and stand out on a street corner, <laughs> 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 but opportunities to <clears throat> talk to people one-on-one when they come to me about their
3: pet situation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to keep themselves safe, um, for sure. But at the same time, you know, to be able to present the education, this is what I know. And, and and I think first and foremost, you know, when you educate yourself and you go discuss it with your vet, take this stuff in and say, what do you think about yes, this? Yes. You know, and, and what do you think about that? And, you know, and, and have some kind of dialogue. If they're dismissive, go find another vet. You yes, know? Very good. You can let them know that,
1: too, because, mm-hmm. I mean, and really, it's it's all about knowing people, if they're informed with this, then you can go in and know that you're empowered when you walk into your veterinary, not to get argumentative, not to be disrespectful, but knowing that you're in charge of that pet and they're
3: there to work with you as a team for your pet's
1: health, and if they're not, then you go find somebody who is.
3: I think that's, that's so important. I mean, you know, the, the, the object is to be aware, and, and you know, the, the, you're not coming from this is some wacky Internet thing. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the American Veterinary Medical Association, the American Association of, of uh, Feline Practitioners, you know, if, if you'll, all of the major uh, uh, veterinary schools, all now and since 2003 have said fewer vaccines rather than more mm-hmm. and you know less is better so every everyone in those organizations has been you know advised and guided to change their vaccination protocol to you know uh, based upon the animals health and proximity to exposure mm-hmm. you know and, and that, i think that that's you know that's, that's a choice it makes it a choice mandatory mandatory rabies vaccine is an outdated law. it got sanctions, medical malpractice. And vets who care probably are genuinely hurt as a result of this because they know it, and they really are in a bind. I mean, they could lose their license for not following the law. Yeah. And that's, yeah. why they say, that's why they say, Pamela, that it's up to the pet owners to advocate for this because they do have their license hung over their neck. They do. Right. Right, right. So, so you know they're they're kind of in the rock in the hard place. So yeah. I just think again, it just it's it, it's just it's just, you just have to keep con, you know considering that I am not I'm just one person. You know I can only do what I do, but my little bit. You know, which it's like a it's you know it's like a drop of water. You know, it, 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 of rain, dip, dip, it's just dip. a mm-hmm. drop of water. But so pretty soon it's a river, and then it's a, an ocean, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think that if everybody just did their one little bit. That, that we would be, again, we're looking for a critical mass of voices who are saying we want a, a nationwide guideline to grant medical exemptions for sick and senior pets. Mm-hmm. And there is no good reason why not to. One in eight million, a one in eight million chance if exposed You know, by contrast, you have a 1 in 600,000 chance of being struck by lightning if you stand out in a thunderstorm. So, you know, let's use some common
1: sense, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, And you know what? There's also been, uh, there's also the fact that there is no canine rabies in this country right now, and I don't know about feline, but definitely canine has been determined to not be, has not been a case of canine rabies in this country for several years. Right, right right so, and people
3: don't but it, that's again there's and that's another educational fine point and and I think that you know that's another educational fine point that that we need to understand is that the you know that the incidence of cross species infection it, you know is is lower and i, yeah. I you know you really need to I, I spoke with dr bob rogers i i i was distracted by personal stuff and didn't contact him ahead of this but i know that he would be happy to come on and speak to to oh. listeners yeah we would uh, love, love to, love to, to him have him in the future and i think he could speak from you know from the veterinarian's perspective about the and, and especially about the lack of canine rabies that it's been eradicated and and that you know um uh, you know, that the species, like the bats. and I mean, all, all animals can get, all mammals can get rabies, but, n- you know, it's not necessarily carried from one to the other. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it's not the scourge that, that even our legislators think it's going to be. I mean, they honestly think they're doing a good thing. The people who sat on that committee, the Texas Health Department, Cell Health Services Department, they honestly thought that this was a successful program and that tampering with it would endanger the, you know, the the health and welfare of the citizens of Texas. Now, you know, the reason for control, rabies control and convention and the reason that the laws are set up by, and again, we'll go back to this organization, the National Association of State Health, uh, State, whatever they are, uh, Health, health veterinarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back to that, you know their purpose is to improve compliance. That's why they changed the laws. To every three years, and they'll change the law again eventually as the duration of immunity is proved and people yeah, complain. Right. That's why we is, want to support the Challenge Fund. Because, yeah, exactly. The reason is to improve compliance. Well, the reality is that changing the law didn't improve compliance. It only, uh, it only penalizes people like you and me and our listeners who actually take their animals to the vet yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, I did, this, I, I did some research. You know, 50% of the people in the state of Texas, pet owners in the state of Texas, do not vaccinate. How many? And, and so the difference between when the law, before the law, before 2003, and after the law was zero. Really? It did not improve compliance. It penalizes people like you and me, mm-hmm. and it causes us to lose our beloved pet. And it's right. just wrong. It is wrong. Well, we
1: have a question in the chat room for you um, about feline hyperthyroidism.
3: Oh, I'm not
1: a vet. (laughs) Right, you're not a vet, but she's wondering if you knew where to get information on that, and I'm wondering if that goes to the topic of rabies. Vaccination. If you, know, um, I, I would think that Christine would have some information yes. on this. In fact, I know that she put out a bunch of information recently on one of the Yahoo groups we belong to. Uh, Diane, this is Diane in the audience, and um, I know I put the information on my blog um, at bark-in-blog.com, and I, I don't know if you have yet or not, Jeannie. I haven't. I, I, I'm sorry you were trying to gene and Pam, and Pamela i don't know if you have
3: yet either but you I, I haven 't got, got it all up, up there yet uh, there's, there's some beliefs See the biggest problem, yeah, there's some beliefs that hypothyroid, hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism is is uh, related to uh, over vaccinating right. and but there's no scientific validation of that. So you know, it, it's not it's, yet anyway. <laughs> it, it, at this point, there is none. So yes, it's possible. I, you know where, what kind of information she wants, where should she get it? You know that's that if she'd like to email me, I'd certainly help her. You know, okay. How can they
1: email you so I can type it into the chat? Yeah, it would be info at update dot com. Okay, and that's pet-wellness pet hyphen, hyphen. hyphen update. Oh, there's hyphens in there. Uh-huh. Yes. Pet right. Pet
3: wellness hyphen
1: update. I was trying to type it out. You beat me too. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, well, you know, I'm I really would be more than happy. I am not a, I'm not, you know, I I'm not a scientific but you might direct person. People to the information. I'd uh, certainly help them. Sure, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh, also, I was wondering if um, you would elaborate. Just we have about 14 minutes left, and um, really 10 minutes before we start the close down. And we people can call in if they want to um, after we close the show at six four six five nine five four six nine three, and ask Pamela some questions here if they'd like to help have some help on uh, guidance on advocacy in your own your own city state. County, but there are things that are happening that are coming up with rabies, and uh, I know that a lot of people have contacted you, and these stories are on your website, uh, right? About you know behavior problems happening after rabies uh, vaccination, or even because of these adverse reactions, the the there's mounting costs that they have to deal with. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I,
3: th- I think t- you know when you begin to to it, 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 it's. There's two thoughts going through my head, and they're fighting with each other for prominence here. Um, uh, I think that what that what needs to be understood is as the money that's involved in this, and 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 there needs to be a shift in perspective. Pers- pers- perception and perspective, because when the state mandates any rule or makes any change in, in any law, you know, especially a state like Texas, and I, I'm assuming that other states are similar, um, you know, the first thing they're going to look at is what is the impact on business? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the pet business is enormous. Yeah. It's so enormous. Is. And, um, you know, in Texas, for example, and I've, I've got the numbers here, um, In 2003, the financial outpouring of love and devotion for pets amounted to a $2.8 billion industry for food and veterinary medical services. But there's no cost, you know, those, I mean, that money is jobs, that money is businesses, that money is tax revenues, and that's really the states come from you know that's that they're that's, that's they're, the they're, they're protecting right. yeah, they you right. know that they're protecting the economy right. but they're not looking at it from the pet owner's point of view no. um we you know subsequent to to launching the petition i spoke with one woman who had two vast cats you know the cost to treat a a, a cat that has cancer if you choose to do so can be as high as $16,000 yeah Sure. Uh, you know For no guarantees and no guarantees <laughs> right, right, right no guarantees and the cost to treat a dog that that has a, an immune uh, a, a blood you know there, there are immune related mediated uh, uh, blood diseases that they can right. get and those you know the cost to treat those you know with emergency care and transfusions uh, you know $7,000 um, so you know you're, you're, you're looking at you know in the past you were talking about somebody's property and, and the only thing that you were looking at was the property value of your animal we're now looking at our animals as members of our family Mm -hmm. we're treating them like such and the industry is benefiting from it financially to the tune in sometimes six figures right yeah so so you know it's it's who benefits here who's 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 which end of the telescope are you looking through you know Mm -hmm. if you're a pet owner and you're looking at at You know, the choice to to shell out or come up with emergency care of $5,000, you know, to save your dog's life or your cat's life, if you can, you will. Yeah, you know, people and do. and you know, and many people do. It's not right, or again, it's not right or wrong. But what's right. right or wrong is that you're forced to it by the fact that there's a bad medical practice that set it up. Exactly. So, yeah, there so again, that's that's the, it's the education again. It gets back to understanding where people are coming from. You know, I I think everybody in this is doing the best they can, but they don't understand the other person's point of view. Right. We have to, as pet owners, say, hey, wait a minute. I, you know, I, I, this is like a windfall. For the veterinary profession, because most people are going to go out, you know, they're going to go through this, they're going to shell out the 2,000 or 3,000 mm-hmm. or 5,000, their cat's going to die, they're going to get another cat, they're going to go back to the same vet. Exactly. Not me. Yeah, you know, good for you me. Me either. <laughs> one yeah. thing, you know, and it's just it just it it makes my it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up, and it, it's because it's 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 and it's probably you know, unconscious, you know, it's like an hysterical blindness. It's not a conscious decision on their part. Okay, right. but, but I, it's I know veterinarians,
1: Pamela, who are doing just the opposite, who aren't vaccinating, who are doing all the good, you know the true healthcare and my opinion, and I, I would think, Jeannie, yours too, mm-hmm. that and their businesses are thriving. In fact, right. they're oh, too yeah. busy. Okay, right. so the thing is that we have to show that to these people who are concerned more about the economics of their practices, and you know, I've had, I've actually had a veterinarian who told me, I paid all this money to go to school and therefore, and I said, yeah, but what does that have to do? I, I mean, I. so you paid all that money. Now, I mm-hmm. paid money to go to school too, but the point is that we did this, I thought, for the health and well being of animals. Yep. And so, you know, we have to, yes, we have to educate the profession and the legislators and everybody, but everybody needs to do their part. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And, we can't wait for somebody else
3: to do it for us.
1: No, there's nobody else that's going to do it. If we each, like you said at the very beginning, you're one drip, and each of
3: us drip together, we can be... <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make an ocean. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and We'll make a wave, for sure. Yeah, yeah make exactly. a wave, something that they will
1: stand up and take notice of and decide, you know what? These people are doggone serious about this because these are
3: not just, this is not economics, this is life. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to turn, you have to, you have to look through the other end of the, the telescope in regard to the economics, too. People like us, people, remember, only 50% of the pet owners in Texas actually vaccinate. 50% blow it off. Mm-hmm. So if you're counting the 50% who do and who really, you know, we, we look at our animals differently and we'll do anything for them, including, you know, rather than go for that $100 trip every year for for mm-hmm. um, vaccines, mm-hmm. I take my dog in for a $100 wellness exam. There, there you go. go. You know, I'll, I, I'll spend the money <laughs> on wellness. It on you know, I'm going to spend the money. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, just offer me services that make sense. Right. Um, you know, home- homeopathic bats, You know, everybody. I mean, give me, give me ways to keep my dog healthy, to correct the the problems that have occurred as a result of bad practice that we didn't know there better. Oh, you, you know, Can and you give know. me ways to, you know, to to prolong his life and to improve the quality of his life, and you know, make make it a pot. I'm going to spend the money. You know, right. you know, we spend more money on raw food than we ever spend on kibble. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's so <laughs> you know, true. That's he eats that's better than we do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The vets that we have had on the show are saying that. You know, we would, we, you know, our practice of the future, we see massage therapists and, you know, even hospice and people doing, I'm going to the vet for my wellness checkup. I'm going for a massage and some acupuncture. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if we could rethink things and still have the heroics that we need for emergencies mm-hmm, incorporated. Mm-hmm. We're talking integrative medicine here. Right, exactly. Uh, and, and let's think of, rethink the vaccine thing. And, of course, then, you know, we, we're, we're in a whole other realm there because Big Farmer wants a piece of that. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, that's a whole other topic. But the, the thing is that if enough of us stand up together and, and say it's for the health and well-being of our pets and show them another way, I think that they might, exactly like you say, we'll be the ocean.
3: Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, but we have mm-hmm.
1: to be that change that we want to
3: right. see. Right, yeah, and, right. And not just talk about it and complain about it, but be it. Set the example. You know, in terms of big pharma, and I'll just throw this out there, you know, because I I found it to be interesting. You know, in the last 30 years, big pharma have come up with 16 different vaccines for animals. Yeah. and you know if, if somebody is not armed with information you know it, it, I think that the ultimate result of the un, would be the law of unintended unintended consequences you can't jab a little kitty with 16 different things you know uh, and uh, the same amount and the same amount and, and an expect a mm-hmm. good result yeah. um, you know and and you can't i mean you know the five and one shots which we really all thought was great because our kitty only had to get one do one that right you know those Initially. are the, those are the prime. Primary cause of vas, as well as some of the, the negative effects. You know, we you know when we were only giving a rabies shot, you know, we weren't getting the same kind of negative effects as we no. have since we started getting rabies with adjuvants, which is, mm-hmm. I think a carrier or something like that. Not, you know, I don't multi. know the scientific basis behind it, but you know, if, if you're going to give your animal, if you know, the, the, there's good reason for preventative medicine. There's absolutely good reason for these things, but the but the idea to use everything for everybody. It's just kind of foolish. There's not a right. one size fits all. Okay, so, but you know, we you women
1: to... know what that's like, Pamela, because they've blanketed, you know, bl- given us a blanket health treat health care for mm-hmm. women in menopause
3: also. <laughs> yeah, right. <It's> <laughs> the same thing, you, know? you know, it just it doesn't make any sense. Right. It, it, it's it's yeah. just you know I think from from a, a, an individual's point of view, it, it's hard to question authority. It's really hard to question your doctor, doctor or veterinarian. Mm-hmm. You know, the, they, they have earned so much trust just by virtue of who they are you know it's really hard to, to, to stand up to them and say no you know and I don't want to do that and I don't believe in that and you may be right but this is how I want it to be it's hard and, it, and you know it's hard to even get your head around the idea that people that you've trusted and, and, and even loved have, have led you in, into a, 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 a wrong path I mean right. you know but you, I think again you have to realize that the, the reasons that all this initiated were very sound but but over the course of 30 years it, things have changed and the reasons for it are not necessarily sound anymore so revisiting you know questioning you know uh, uh, re-educating all of those are really positive and productive and constructive things that each of us can do with ourselves as well as with our veterinarians well mm-hmm. we're down
1: to the end of the show interestingly enough <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to ask you this question I ask everybody now at the end of our show what words of wisdom would you like to impress upon the audience in closing?
3: Don't be afraid. Good one. You know, follow your heart. Don't be afraid. Just, you know, just, it comes from love with your animals. You're going to make a difference, whatever you do. If it comes from love, I think that that's the most important thing. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't totally, completely be, be love my animal and regret my choices and, and, and want to help other people uh, make better choices. But it, it really comes from love, and I just really honestly think that that's, you know, it may sound trite, you know, all we need is love, but I uh, that's how no, I could I hear
1: I feel a song coming on. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is just, just, you know, just do it. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, Pamela, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us and to share with our audience. And I'm going to remind people to go to your websites again that is amy law.blogspot.com. Amy is spelled A I M E E S and also pet wellness Update.com. you will get a world of information there and also visit RabiesChallengeFund.org for how you can be part of seeing that this gets changed <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for being with us Penna. it was really a pleasure it, was, it, went, it always goes too fast mm-hmm. and uh, next week we're going to have with us uh, Terry Wilson talking about pet assisted therapy so we'll be looking for that and again we hope everybody has a tail wagon, hoof stomping Wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day.
0: Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com Naturally